Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. Uh-huh. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is the Wednesday edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu and uh, stoked because it is a typical Wednesday. was out all week last week because of scheduling conflicts, the road trip uh, up to Reno, Nevada with the UH football team. And so missed out on, on some of the, the usual fun that we have uh, with the uh, various guest co-hosts that uh, we like to feature throughout the week. And so back here on a Wednesday, here he is, uh, Honolulu star advertiser, writer. Billy Hall is in the house for a traditional bts wednesday billy also talking sports yeah it's good to be back i was uh, gone we didn't do the show last week it was just felt weird it was just yeah. weird not coming in here on a wednesday didn't really like it i'd imagine all the listeners uh, felt <laughs> the, the same way too right yeah. right yeah, right? Oh, yeah, right, maybe. Yeah, maybe not. All right, uh, 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. There's a lot to get to. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, Rainbow Wahine softball in segment number two with Dallas Millwood, member of the Rainbow Wahine softball squad. They are going to be hosting a fall tournament uh, classic here coming up this week. So do a little preview uh, with Dallas on that. Uh, but there is a lot that we do also want to discuss here. Uh, we are going to get to our Billy Hull six-pack of picks a little later on in the show. Um, we did not have that last week, thankfully, because I think I would have absolutely just submarined myself with some of the games and some of the results that we saw. Uh, but we'll get to that a little later, too. But we got to talk. Uh, Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. This is an area uh, that you are focused on now as a beat writer for the advertiser uh, for Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. A couple of losses at home in what was built up as this big weekend. Hawaii was featuring the throwback uniforms, right? The throwback-inspired ins- designs. And then they lose in five to Cal Poly. Then they get swept at the hands of UC Santa Barbara. This is a Hawaii team, Billy, that I think everyone's in agreement. They got the talent to do it. They have the pieces to do it. But there's just been this uh, era of of inconsistency that has followed this team throughout the season so far. Now they're sitting on four conference losses. They're three back in the loss column of first place UC Santa Barbara. They're in third place behind Long Beach State, who's going to be in the house on senior night. It looks as though it is going to be all or nothing in the conference tournament. Uh, The challenge for Hawaii is to try to get up into the top two, if at all possible, so that they don't have to play. They can uh, enjoy that first round bye, Uh, but that's looking less and less likely here as we move forward. What's happening with this squad, buddy? Yeah, it was was a little bit of a shocker out there last weekend. I mean, it really was kind of the whole season was building towards this past weekend. A couple of big teams coming here at home. You had the big Santa Barbara match on Saturday, and it started with a a good Cal Poly team on Friday, and look, they come out and I'm telling you, the first set on Friday night might have been the best volleyball they played all year. They destroyed Cal Poly. It was like 25 to 10 or something yeah. in the first set. They Two of the first three sets, they won by double figures. Like, that's how good they were. And then it just kind of got wonky. And it's something about this team, I think, when you watch them this year, is they kind of go through these prolonged kind of slumps. And it's like they go out there and suddenly maybe they make a couple of mistakes. And it just kind of feels like it lingers with them. They don't really kind of flush it and move on, and then it just kind of spirals a little bit. And this was another case where that's what happened against Cal Poly on Friday. And then I think the real kind of shocking, disappointing thing is you think, okay, that's a tough loss. You know, you're going to kind of come back ready to go. Santa Barbara, the number one team, and they came out, and they were just, you know, they, they went from playing maybe their best volleyball this season in the first set on Friday to I, what I think might have been the worst uh, set they've played all year coming out on Saturday. And I think that was just kind of the real – 
eye-openers to kind of see them go out there. I mean, Coach Robin, after the game, said it looked like high school volleyball in the first set, I think was her quote. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's now um, gotten to a point where, you know, UH Volleyball, they're not really used to being in this position. And fortunately, there's a tournament this year. Yeah. Like, they kind of saved a little bit with having this inaugural Big West Volleyball Tournament because that's the only way they're going to be able to get to the NCAA Tournament. And, you know, we know that the NCAA Tournament is like, that's where they go every year. I think it's 29 straight seasons they've been or something like that. So they've got their work cut out for them. But, um, you know, practice yesterday, the players kind of had a players-only meeting before practice. We kind of went in as media, and Amber came over and said, hey, if you guys don't mind, we're going to have a little Yeah, that's interesting. First. Yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're definitely taking it seriously. And, and they know, you know, this is – this is a big senior class. This is a senior class that's done a lot of winning. It's, um, you know, their four-year girls have won three straight Big West Conference championships, been to the tournament, like I said, each time, and they don't want to go out this way. So going to be a very interesting a couple of weeks here for uh, UH Wahine Volleyball. Where do you sense the level of frustration? I mean, obviously it must be uh, pretty significant if the players are holding a players-only meeting. I mean, you were telling me the media was basically outside of the practice gym, uh, and even Robin Almo had to wait to enter the gym because the players wanted to talk amongst themselves. Uh, and so obviously there must be some level of frustration or at least a level of concern that would prompt that kind of meeting to be called. Uh, but what do you sense, whether it's through the lens of the coaching staff or or just the vibe you're getting from the players uh as as far as just how high that level of frustration may be yeah i mean i well it was clearly um evident i got a chance to talk to amber after friday's match and it was you know it, it was it was pretty kind of everyone kind of left the meeting room so i got to go over kind of outside the locker room and stuff and it was definitely you know there was i think some shock at what happened on friday and it clearly carried over to saturday and then coach said after, and, and, you know, she said it again on Tuesday. It was like the message when they left the locker room on Saturday night was, if you guys want to be here, if you guys want to do this, come to practice on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be here, don't come to practice on Tuesday. And I think that's just kind of the level she's at. I think there's some some people on the team that she kind of feels like, you know, is not stepping up, is not playing as hard as they need to be, is not working as hard. And so I think really it's gut check time, you know, because like I said, this isn't, Nobody's used to this with UH Wahine Volleyball, you know. I mean, usually at this time of the year, they're right there in first place or playing for first place. I mean, they're three games out. They're they're out. I mean, they're they're likely not going to finish in the top two and have yeah. to play in the first round of that Big West Conference tournament. And so then you're looking at they'd have to win that first game. You have Thanksgiving, and they're probably going to have to play Long Beach at, at Long Beach in yeah. their place and then play UC Santa Barbara. So this isn't anything they're used to. And, and losing two home matches in a row hadn't happened in a long time. So I just it's gut check time. It's like, how much do you guys do you girls want this? It's up to you guys now. I mean, we've been doing this all season. You know, they've been working all season, and the same kind of things are happening in November that were happening in August. So, yeah, I think it's um, – it's, it's gut check time for him. Yeah, it's, the irony is, you know, I think there was some concern from various corners of the Rainbow Wahine uh, fan base as well as the team itself about the establishment of the Big West Conference tournament because uh, this was something that Hawaii had been so good at is holding court uh, during the regular season through conference play to position themselves as the team that would get uh, the automatic bid into the NCAA tournament. And so I think there was some concern like, all right, now you get the conference tournament. Anything can happen then. Uh, it, it takes a little bit of the value potentially away from going through the conference regular season schedule uh, as the top team. Uh, now that puts a little more emphasis potentially if something were to go bad in the tournament on your non-conference schedule and that was the discussion and now here's hawaii with four losses in conference play like thank goodness yeah. there's a tournament because they're now that team that is going to be looking to disrupt things uh, and try to play their way into that automatic bid 
No, 100%. And I'm, it's, it's just kind of weird how it's worked out. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, oh, they have in the back of their minds the tournaments at the end. So, like, you know, are they necessarily taking huh. each game as seriously? I'm not saying that. But at the same time, it is kind of weird that after all these years when they've never been in this position to need a tournament, yeah. that the first year there is a tournament, they, they're in the position of needing a tournament. And, and I guess that's just kind of the way it worked out. But, yeah, there's no question that they've got a lot of work to do, I think. It wasn't just losing those matches. It's the way they lost those matches. It's really, you know, four set against Cal Poly. Like I said, they were up 2-1. And then it was just like this serve receive, like a couple bad um, receives on serves. And then suddenly it spiraled out of control. They had nine serve receive errors in the last two sets, which is just, it's yeah, crazy. It's unlike Hawaii Volleyball yeah, and it for just, sure. And that, to me, I think Robin would say, too, is kind of a mental thing. And so then to go from having those kind of problems to then coming out and just just completely no show in the first set on Saturday. I mean, it's, it, it was very concerning. And they, like she did, she got all the bench people in, and there were some players off the bench that kind of brought some energy, and those next two sets were close. But the way that first set went with that starting group that you and I have kind of talked about was kind of the group that we felt like was going to be the one to carry them towards the end. To see them kind of play that way in such a big game at this time of the year is, is definitely concerning. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a good time of year to have to be doing the kind of soul-searching that it sounds exactly. like this team uh, is trying to do at the moment. So, uh, yeah, a little late for that in most cases. But, again, they have the tournament. There is still time uh, to kind of get this thing back on track. I do think that we're all in agreement that the talent is certainly there. It's just a matter of maybe between the ears uh, to try to figure out, okay, what, what's happening here? Why uh, is there such uh, inconsistency? Uh, with their play here week in and week out. All right, let's uh, hit the phone lines. 808-296-1420, the number. Text in at the Zephyr Insurance text line. We have Clarence uh, who is waiting on the line. Clarence, what's up? Hey, Clarence, are you there? Do yeah. we have Clarence? Do we lose Clarence? 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 Hey! hey. Uh, good, good, good afternoon. What's hey, up? Uh, it was a good game. I went to the Santa Cal Party and Santa Bravo one. It was a exciting game. I said, I said they lost it. I, I was exciting and hoping they were winning Carpani and tried to beat Santa Bravo, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah, oh. exciting game. Five setters are uh, are always pretty exciting. That's for sure, Clarence. Yeah, well, they're going to be playing in the road this weekend, right? Correct. Yeah. And Hawaii 14 will be playing Air Force this weekend. So what do you think about the football team besides the volleyball team? All right, well, win the Air Force? Well, uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I think uh, if we knew the answer, uh, Billy and I would include that in the six-pack of picks a little later on in the show. But uh, I appreciate the call there, Clarence. But, yeah, I think uh, Hawaii uh, going up against Air Force actually had a chance to uh, talk with uh, Air Force head coach Troy Calhoun uh, earlier this morning. And um, he has a lot of respect for Hawaii. It's kind of amazing. This is an Air Force team that I think has more or less separated itself from the rest of the Mountain West Conference. Um, but, you know, coming off of the law, at, at Army. It's funny how those uh, military uh, programs uh, are going to uh, humble one another because they're so familiar with one another and the Commander-in-Chief Trophy, which is such uh, a high um, uh, you know, accolade and, and, and one of the major goals for uh, all of those uh, military factions. And, and so it's funny how those games will kind of just uh, throw things out of kilter a little bit. But as it pertains to the Mountain West Conference, Air Force, I think, has clearly uh, showed itself to be uh, the best team here this season to this point. Uh, and so it was interesting to hear uh, Coach Calhoun have so much respect for Hawaii. I mean, he was talking about uh, very few matchups on the field uh, are going to tilt our way because of Hawaii's size and physicality and athleticism. And, you know, I, he may be just trying to be a little cute with 
with it. I don't know, but uh, he's never really been the kind of, of coach. Obviously, when you're coaching a, a program like that, uh, you're not necessarily known to uh, speak uh, through both sides of your mouth, right? And, and so he's very straightforward. Uh, I think it's it's the, the discipline of that program is is obvious, uh, obviously because of its relationship uh, to uh, you know being uh, part of the uh, U.S. military system. And so uh, you know this is Veterans Day weekend, and so I think that he is really putting a lot of value on the opportunity to play here and has cast quite a bit of respect onto this Hawaii team that they're going up against. And maybe in part because they're not coming off of their best performance, six turnovers against Army, uh, one of their longtime rivals. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of funny. You kind of think about catching some breaks, and it's like you see them lose to Army the way they did last week, and you're just like, oh, man, of course. Now they're going to go play Hawaii after a loss like that. You yeah. know, it's kind of a – because they're going to be – you know they're going to be fired up. You know, I mean, this was a big year for them. They were – I think they were in the top 25 of the – like 25th or yeah, 24th Yeah, yeah, they, the they were ranked rankings. prior to that Yeah, uh, they were trying to be the, one of those top non-group of five teams. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, a, definitely a tough loss for them. And now you're like, okay, they're going to kind of rally themselves a little bit and play this UH team. But, hey, who knows, man? UH went out, got a big win in Reno against Nevada, played well, did some different things on offense. I know you're there. I'm sure you've talked about it all week. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, something to be excited for this week for the uh, hometown fans. Yeah, uh, hopefully Hawaii is uh, certainly doing a lot of digesting of that uh, video of Army and their game plan, uh, how they defended this Air Force team, because nobody has been able to defend them uh, the way that Army did uh, in that game. So, yeah, Hawaii hopefully can take a few uh, clues from that maybe on how to approach this one. 808-296-1420 is the number again you can text in at that number via the zephyr insurance text line um we have a text this is from daryl uh rainbow wahine serve receive is awful they should have the men serve to them in practice uh to uh, work on their serve receive i mean yeah that that's one way to do it i mean if you can uh, if you can return like <laughs> you know some of those guys uh, 100 mile an hour serves or keone thim or previously Jakob tella uh, if you can return those serves then yeah you probably uh, would would uh, be able to uh, figure out some of the serves that are coming your way uh, when you get into conference play. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing about it is they'd actually been better at that. You know, they had been, I think it was like coming in the last weekend, like four matches in a row where they'd had more aces than errors and they'd given up the least amount of aces to other teams. Like they were coming along and, and I really going back to, you know, this group of starting group that they used basically since the Santa Barbara loss had not lost a match. It only dropped, I think one set was looking really good. And, and then, you know, going into Friday, looked great the first set. You knew um, that Cal Poly was going to come back, but everything was just kind of like, this is kind of what how I thought it was going to go. And then all of a sudden, just at that fourth set, everything just kind of fell apart. And then it was like, they just they just can't seem to stop. They can't, once the slide yeah. starts happening, they just can't seem to slow it down or or change anything. It just kind of really gets out of hand. And, and again, that's where I say, you know, I, I, a lot of it, I think, is, is just mental. You know, I mean, Robin talks a lot about the volleyball lessons and all these volleyball things they got to do. But sometimes you see stuff like this, and it's just like, I think it's like you said, it's all between the years right now. Yeah, yeah, because we have seen this team when it is when they do have things clicking, when it is going well, um, they are playing at a level that I think uh, clearly uh, can be considered uh, best in the Big West Conference. But uh, give it up to UC Santa Barbara, man. They have uh, figured something out. And uh, right now uh, it is Hawaii that is going to be tasked with trying to forge a response here over the last four matches uh, of the season, including their final homestand in a couple of weeks, uh, and then on into the conference tournament in Long Beach. Thanksgiving week. And my man Billy Hull will be there. He is the co-host here. <laughs> 
here today on Let's Talk Sports. All right, try Domino's Mix and Match Special. Download the Domino's app and get any three items for just $7.99 each. Choose from pizzas, pastas, boneless chicken bites, and more. Find the Mix and Match deals under the coupon section on the app. Domino's Hawaii, they deliver aloha. All right, we're going to be talking with Rainbow Wahine softball first baseman Dallas Millwood when we come back about uh, upcoming uh, fall tournament that uh, the softball team is hosting here this weekend. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is my co-host here for the day. Uh, and so really interesting weekend. Obviously, we're uh, loaded with all kinds of sports stories here at this time of year. But uh, it's never too early to talk a little Rainbow Wahine softball because uh, they are hosting their fall preseason classic, which will feature three games against Chaminade, two times against Chaminade, and Fullerton College. And to talk more about that, uh, we welcome senior first baseman for the Rainbow Wahine, Dallas Millwood, to the show via the phone line. Dallas, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks for uh, making the time here. Uh, I know it's just the fall, but this is an opportunity to play some softball. And I know for you, it takes on a little extra special meaning because of the injury you suffered last year. You only got to play seven games. You're back for another run here for your senior year. So uh, any opportunity to uh, support the teammates or to, to get out there yourself, I imagine, is really valuable. Oh, yes. You know, sitting in the dugout last year, just cheering everybody on and finally being able to be out on the field again with my teammates, it's it's just an amazing feeling. And I know everybody makes jokes that I'm, I'm old now, but <laughs> um, I see it as I have experience and I'm just really excited to be able to play with, um, we got me as a sixth year, we got fifth years, we got regular fourth year seniors and true freshmen that we're all going to be playing this weekend. So I'm just very excited to see all the talent that we have that we've been working on this fall. Uh, are you the auntie? Are they calling you like auntie uh, around the uh, softball facility? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the tutu. I'm the grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is great. Well, I mean, it has been a while. Uh, you were a 2018 graduate of Kamehameha Kapa'alama, played one season at Nevada before heading over to the University of Hawaii. So uh, you are one of those athletes who, uh, however you want to describe it, whether it's who benefited from uh, or at least, you know, just had uh, some some changes in the scheduling, if you will, uh, in terms of your status and eligibility because of the COVID year. And so here you are, uh, one last go around. How, how meaningful is this for you and, and, and what do you think is the aspiration here for you individually as well as this team um i think we just have so much talent this year we really we want to win conference we can win conference and i'm just so happy that i get to do this in front of my family um when i was at unr um, my parents could only come out so being at home all of my family can watch all of my communities people from mililani can watch people from kamehameha can watch and just Overall, all of us from the state of Hawaii get to cheer for us, and that's just such a powerful and meaningful thing. And we have so many more um, local girls this year on the team, so that's exciting. And just being able to have another opportunity to do it this year, I'm so grateful. Grateful to Coach Bob, grateful to my parents for, you know, just being there for me through every step of this way, having my teammates. And I'm just so I'm so excited for this season. 
Yeah, hey, what's up, Dallas? I have to admit, when I walked in here and Kanoa's like, we're interviewing Dallas Millwood today, I'm like, she's still playing? <laughs> so I got to admit, I was in that same category. But um, yep. it, it's been, um, like like you kind of just went over, it's been a, a long journey. You've gone through so many things. Just how do you sum up, because it's been such a wild college career for you, how do you just kind of sum up uh, these last five, six years you've had? Um, I just see it as such a crazy journey, you know? It seems like I've been here for so long, but in reality, it's only such a short amount of time in my life. Um, it's just going to be all these different amazing opportunities that I get to share with other people, whether it's the Keiki that are going to be coming here, my teammates currently. Um, soon I'll be an alumni, and I get, I get to have those benefits. And, you know, just to sum it up, I'm just so grateful for all the opportunities that I've had. Um especially getting this year back and yeah it's just i'm grateful we're talking with dallas millwood uh sixth year senior first baseman for the rainbow wahine softball team uh you suffered the foot injury last year just seven games into it as we mentioned uh what was that rehab process like for you and and how healthy are you physically right now you know um i'm still doing rehab i was i was very you know, at first I was very upset, but there's so many benefits that have happened um, from me getting injured. But right now, I would say that I'm about 85% back. Um, not that I was a fast runner to begin with, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to get back to the speed that I was able to do. But I'm running, I'm fielding, I'm hitting, um, basically doing everything back to normal. It's just um, maybe some things here and there where I use my ankle brace and um, just trying to get a little bit better every day. So definitely by season, I'll be 100%, and I'm excited to see what that entails. Well, uh, again, it is a three-team, three-day tournament starting tomorrow. It'll go Friday as well as Sunday, the fall preseason classic featuring Hawaii Chaminade and Fullerton College. Uh, Dallas, we appreciate the time. As you mentioned, exciting year. Nine players from Hawaii High Schools uh, aligning this roster for the Rainbow Wahine here uh, in this upcoming season. So uh, we wish you the best. Stay healthy, get more healthy, and we look forward to uh, seeing you out there. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Dallas Millwood, of course, uh, dad James Millwood, mm -hmm. uh, former Mililani uh, football coach and uh, just kind of a staple out in that area uh, of the island. And, uh, yeah, really cool. Dallas has a great personality and uh, interesting the perspective that she claims she gained uh, from having to endure going through an injury. Uh, uh, some maturity there, I would imagine. Yeah, that's one thing about right now. Like, there's a lot of interesting stories about these collegiate athletes because you look at it, the pandemic now was – what, three, four, you know, three years ago. And so, you know, it kind of changed everything up. And so some of the stories some of these players have, obviously there's the transfer portal now. So like your, your basic college experience we remember from 10 years ago is so different now. So like some of these, some of these stories of these kids playing at different schools and, and playing in college for six years are pretty interesting to hear about. All right. Um, we're going to switch gears here. We've got a few uh, minutes left before we have to take our next commercial break. We will be getting to the Billy Hull six pack of picks uh, in the next segment as well. Uh, but we got to get to this uh, kind of elephant in the 
the room sports story. We haven't really, at least on this show, been able to delve too far into it. Uh, but this whole Michigan thing, right? You have the Big Ten that is now, they've already sent a letter of notification to Michigan that they are going to be looking into levying some form of punishment uh, onto the program uh, because of the controversy surrounding this whole Connor Stallions advanced scouting thing that breaks some of the rules that are in place for college football. Uh, very similar to kind of what we saw with the uh, Astros and the banging of the trash cans, right? It's like everyone's there trying to steal signals. That's not anything new. That's why you have to hide your signals. That's why you have to try to, to code them as much as possible. Uh, and so that is fine. Everybody tries to do it. Some people are more successful at it. But if you're sending a staff member to games uh, to sit in stadiums to use technology to uh, technology to try to record uh, and thus decipher signals, then that is far crossing the line. And so uh, that's just one of the many controversies that seem to be surrounding Michigan here at this point. But you also have a Michigan team that Billy is really good. Now, they haven't necessarily played uh, a bunch of world beaters yet. We'll learn maybe a little bit more about them when they go up against Penn State this weekend. Uh, but this is a Michigan team that is really good, and right now they are on the inside of this college football playoff bracket. Uh, and so I would imagine the powers that be within college football, within the Big Ten even potentially, certainly those who are involved with the college football playoff are looking at this going like, I don't know how great a thing it's going to be if this investigation continues, if there is no discipline that impacts the team this year, uh, and at least there is some speculation that any discipline would likely more involve or be focused on head coach Jim Harbaugh, not necessarily the players, which is probably something that would be justifiable. Although, uh, are we to say then that Michigan can just continue to go about its business and playing for a national yeah. championship this year? This is a complicated deal. I think it's going to get pretty ugly. And I think one of the things about it is that we're going to really test here where college football is such a big money business now. And being in the college football playoff, there's a lot that comes with that. And so are they going to allow – I mean, it benefits the conference to have Michigan in it. So are they going to turn around and do something that might keep one of its teams from playing in the college football playoff? I mean, there's still going to be a lot decided on the field. But I kind of go back and I hear some people talking about we're like, well, you know, if you have signs and the other team can figure out how to do it, you know, it's good for them. And then you do what TCU people are saying TCU did in that game last year. But here's the thing. There's like that. I think it's called like the sport. There's a sportsmanship thing where the, in, in the laws or whatever that you're supposed to abide by. And this is clearly this is clearly not that yeah. this is clearly a violation. And the other thing about it, this is not the first thing that Michigan has done over the course of Jim Harbaugh's tenure that is a little shady <laughs> and stuff. And I'm for me, it's. All right, there's one thing after the other. There's the recruiting violations and all this stuff. Now there's sign-stealing stuff. It just all, I think, points to, I, I mean, I'm – I'm going to think that I think we're going to see Harbaugh back in the NFL here pretty soon uh, yeah, because uh, it just uh, seems like this is going to get to the point where, you know, it gets what he gets to do. He gets to say, all right, whatever. I'm out of here. I'm going to go back and coach in the NFL. And I don't you see that happening? And, and how messed up is that? It, right? totally how messed, messed up, up is that? Is his punishment yeah. is going to be, all right, I'm going to go get fitted for some Chargers gear now. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what's going to happen because I agree with you. That's what's going to be the ultimate result here. Meanwhile, what about, you know, this, this absolutely disastrous scene that he's going to be leaving behind? Uh, where you have some pretty 
interesting circumstantial evidence when you look at the Michigan record under Jim Harbaugh prior to hiring Connor Stallions as oh. a staff member, as their off-field analyst. Uh, it was like 69 and 24 overall. Their average win-loss record was, you know, um, it was was good, but it wasn't anything that was, you know, really too, uh, you know, perennially national championship contendery. Uh, and since then, they're 21 and one. Like oh. their their record, their their defensive, uh, you know, holding opponents to to like five, at least a handful, almost a half a dozen fewer points per game, scoring more points. Um, it is circumstantial, yes, uh, but that is some evidence that most certainly will be brought up uh, in any kind of investigation and something that will be measured if the Big Ten does uh, levy some kind of, of punishment here. Uh, but you're right. that That's probably going to happen. Jim Harbaugh is going to move on to greener patches. He's going to go back to the NFL. He's probably going to be really successful. He's going to inherit Justin Herbert potentially if he goes there as his quarterback. And it's like, well, so what – is the punishment like who who is going to ultimately pay the price for if this thing is legitimate as there are all kinds of elements that lead you to believe that there is definitely something there um who is going to pay the price what is that punishment ultimately going to entail and is michigan going to be able to still play for a national title this year with all of this happening yeah i mean i there's no question about it now i'm going to push back a little bit that there's this kind of new idea out there that well, we don't want to punish the kids. We just want to punish the coach. But I don't really kind of buy into that because when you go and play college football and you get recruited, you know, you, you and you get offers or whatever, you choose where you go. And I think everyone, you have to know if you're going to go play for Jim Harbaugh with his track record, that there's a little bit of a risk there with everything going on and all the issues he's faced as a coach. And when you go somewhere, you entrust the coach yeah. with, 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 with your kids to, to, to put them in the right position. And so there's a little bit of, hey, I'm kind of trusting you in order to go to Michigan. And so I am not a huge fan of, like, trying to separate the, the players from the coach. That's part of college football. They're connected. And so I know people want to say well the kids don't deserve it well also you're you're having a certain amount of success on the field because mm -hmm. of what your coach is doing and so for me i'm kind of with you like i think if this is all pans out to being how it's kind of we think how it is with with all the sign stealing and stuff i don't necessarily have a problem with them not being allowed to play in the college football playoff and i know that's kind of a big thing people are talking about but to me I don't, I don't really, I don't really understand separating the coach from the players. I think you're all kind of in this together. When you did make the decision to attend a school, that's all kind of part of it. And that's an interesting uh, argument that you make because I think in other instances, what usually happens is you see a school that gets punished for a violation that took place years earlier, and so then you can make the argument like, right. well, the players that are there now right. weren't involved with that scam or controversy. But this is a situation where uh, Connor Stallions was on the staff just a couple of weeks ago. 100%. Like he just resigned. Yes. He was on. Pay Paid leave after being suspended. Uh, and so it is very much a present problem for Michigan, which means that the players that are playing for them now have directly benefited from what has happened. That's a great point. That, that That's kind of the key that I'm talking about is that it affects this particular team this year, and there's a chance to do something about it. Now, I think you got to give it due diligence and you got to let the whole kind of investigation play the course, and you don't really have a lot of time. I no. mean, it's November already, so it is kind of a tricky situation. But no, I think, you know, if, if it can be proven as quick as possible before these decisions are made on who makes the playoff and all that, depending upon how Michigan does these next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I would not be totally against not allowing them to play to play in the playoff this year because it's this year's team that has directly benefited from something that's pretty darn shady. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty remarkable stuff. I mean, this is a pretty unprecedented uh, set of circumstances here, uh, and it's interesting when you talk to any coach, uh, Timmy Chang, whoever, any of the coaches that come into town, they're like, yeah, sign stealing is a thing. It's a reality. This is what you have to guard against. But obviously, this. Uh, operation that Michigan employed here uh, yeah, takes it to an it, astronomic exactly, level. So, exactly. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, you ready to do some picking, man? We haven't done it for two ready, weeks. Let's do ready it. Ready to open up a six-pack of uh, picks? <laughs> Next. <laughs> Coming up. Funniest stuff coming out of the conversation about Connor Stallions is a uh, with that name he should probably work in the uh, adult film industry. Uh, secondly, <laughs> uh, is the just absurdity of these pictures and videos that have come out of, of a guy who looks exactly like him in Central Michigan gear on the Central Michigan sideline and he's wearing a hat and sunglasses and there seems to be like a blue light in the sunglasses that could be like a recording <laughs> mechanism or something and he's high fiving and fist bumping people like it's crazy some of this stuff. It is nuts, but it's also like, can you really? At first, I was like, how could that happen? But then you realize, you look at the sideline. Like, I imagine the sideline at Colorado at, for Deion Sanders' games. Like, anybody could go out there. You could have just about anybody on that sideline, and no one would notice. It's so crazy. I know. I asked Timmy. I was like, well, you know, is there anybody that can, you know, maintain some integrity there on the sideline and and, and scan to make sure there aren't any like weird guys or weird individuals that are making their way onto the sideline? He's like, man, there's so much going on. It's like it's so hard to keep track of that stuff. And uh, yeah, that's the, that's the. Challenge, hey, but I wonder if it'll change though. I wonder if this will like change some of that. Well, I wonder if they'll, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, and tighten and, things up. Well, and what's interesting is there are some people who are suggesting, hey, look, how much of an advantage does it actually give you if you know this play or that play? Try to stop it, that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, if it doesn't give you that much of an advantage, then why would Michigan go to such great lengths to do it? That is what's part of this whole story, too, is just the level that they went to try to do this. I yeah. mean, that's very hard, hard. Buy-in, Harbaugh-in. Harbaugh-in. We'll be picking some Harbaugh games next year when he's back in the <laughs> yeah. NFL. Let's do our six-pack of picks, yeah, Billy. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we didn't do it last week, and so what's the only thing that could slow Kanoa Leahy down is his other job. <laughs> so um, just to recap, you are 30-17-1 against the spread. I feel like you're the best. There's no media person. If there's a media person out there that has a better record than Kanoa, let me know. Well, if you look at the uh, pigskin picks, brah, it is um, – <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing well at all. All right, but yeah. this is a different thing because we're picking against the spread. Against the spread. So let's go game number one. Very interesting game. The San Francisco 49ers have lost three in a row, and now they're going to off coming off their bye week. They're playing at Jacksonville. They're a three-point favorite. This is a really tough game. Yeah, a I tough wanted one. to pick it, though, and I decided I just don't see the Niners losing a fourth game in a row. I believed in them. I thought at one point this season they were the best team in the NFL. So... I'm going to go with the Niners here. I'm going to trust in Kyle Shanahan coming off a bye. I'm going to take the Niners because I, I don't see them falling down any further. Yeah, I mean, you got Debo Samuel returning to practice. Uh, Trent Williams is still out, I believe, um, and that's been an issue for this offensive line. Um, I like the Jags, especially at home, uh, but I'm with you. I can't see yeah. the Niners coming off of a bye week playing that bad and winning four in a row. Um, I want to try to find a game here. I'll pick against you. This was maybe <laughs> the one, but I think I'm going to roll with you and, and go with with San Fran here. Ooh, all right. I like it. All right. Game number two, we got the Colts at the Patriots. Real fun game for you guys watching football out there. <laughs> uh, the Colts are a, a one stinker. and a half. Yeah, the Colts are a one and a half point favorite. 
But this was pretty easy for me. I think the Patriots are completely in tank mode. Um, they've lost some terrible games. They lost to the Commanders at home last week. They lost to the Raiders before they fired Josh <laughs> McDaniels. And, you know, Mac Jones just hasn't looked good. Kendrick Bourne was actually one of their big receivers who was having a good season, uh, definitely for me in fantasy. And so, of course, he's injured enough for the season now. So I, I'm going with the Colts here. I think they got something to play for. They're playing tough. And uh, I just think the Patriots are in tank mode. So give me the Colts minus one and a half. Uh, has Josh McDaniels returned to the Patriots yet? Like, is he back on that coaching team? Because that's also an well, then I'm definitely right? taking the Colts uh, <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I'm with you, uh, New England. It's it's a disaster zone, so uh, I'm going with the Colts here as well. All right, two for two. Let's go to number three, the Packers, the Green Bay Packers, at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are a three point favorite at home. And look, after watching that game last Thursday, I'm just throwing my hands up and saying, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know how Pittsburgh's any good. I don't know how they're winning games. Yeah. But they're winning all of these games. So you have a pretty mediocre Packers team coming in. Steelers minus three at home. I'm just I'm riding the Mike Tomlin trade. I'm just putting my faith in him here. Yeah, I mean the Packers were a bit of a surprise against the Rams. That was something that I didn't necessarily see coming, but they're not good. And I think the Jordan Love thing is uh, starting to look like it's not going to necessarily pan out as much as I'm sort of rooting for it. You know, Mountain West alum kind of thing but uh yeah i'm 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 with you here on this one i I think that the steelers like mike tomlin is just what he does i don't know how they do it it's smoke and mirrors sometimes but they never finish below 500 it seems and they always find a way to win these ugly games this is going to be another at home for sure steelers after that thursday game last week i'm i'm not going to get some all right we're three for three and now we're going to your team, the Detroit Lions, another team coming off a Lock bye. it in. Yep, playing at the Chargers. They're a three-point road favorite, although how much of a road team are you when you're playing in Los Angeles these days? <laughs> it seems like every visiting team's got all their fans there. After the Lions, this was, I was curious about this. After the Lions lost to the Seahawks in overtime, they've won five of their six games, but all five wins are by double figures. This is a good team. They've been my lock multiple times and have not uh, let me down. So I'm doing it again. Lock of the week. The Big Belly Billy lock of the week. Lions minus three at the Chargers. Jared Goff. (laughs) Yeah, I hope he goes off. Uh, No, the Lions have been playing well since the Seattle loss, like you said, except for that one game where they (laughs) lost to the Ravens by 100. Your Seahawks know a little bit uh, about that as well. But the Ravens are are solid, and they're arguably the best team right now uh, in the league. I like the Lions coming off of a bye. I hate to pick with you again. This is not good radio, (laughs) but I'm going to go with my Detroit Lions. Go on, Luda Blue. <laughs> All right, full for four. We got to change this somehow. <laughs> All right, the commanders at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are back home. They're favored by six. And I just kind of like, you know, I think the Seahawks are decent. I don't think they're great, but I think they're decent. They're playing a not very good team. And I kind of like picking teams that kind of get blown out coming back to next week. It's kind of a chance to kind of, you know, test your, your manhood a little bit, kind of get embarrassed a little bit. And I think teams kind of come out better the following week for it. So Seahawks minus six at home. I think that they're, they're, they're a little better than they've shown. I think they might do it here, and I don't think the Commanders are any good, so I'll take the Seahawks. Minus six. Commanders are kind of tricky, right? They gave Philly a weirdly close game. Uh, They edged out uh, the Patriots in their last game, but then they also lost to the Giants three games (laughs) ago. Uh, The Commanders are tough to figure out. I like the Seahawks a lot. I've said that multiple times here uh, on this show, and uh, I don't think that they are that dissimilar from the Detroit Lions. I mean, I think that they are a team that is sort of right there those are two NFC teams that that could, if put in the right situation, maybe do some damage in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I'll go with the Seahawks here, too. That's five that we agree on. What are you doing, Canola? And now, now I can't wait to see if you'll dare to go against me on the last one because uh, – Hey, memo to ESPN and NBC. If you're going to put a team because of a quarterback like the Jets in every single primetime game, 
Make sure he doesn't get hurt because here we are again, prime time. Zach Wilson oh, going out there again. It's the Jets at the Raiders Sunday night football. <laughs> I might, uh, I don't know, I might have to make other plans, but uh, the Raiders are a one point home dog against the Jets. I am not taking Zach Wilson. The Raiders kind of got something going. Clearly, every single person on that team on that team hated Josh McDaniels because yeah. they fire him. They basically have a meeting saying we all want him gone. They get rid of him, and then they look like a Super Bowl contender right <laughs> yeah, after that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, go figure. I'm going to ride that Antonio Pierce trade. They seem to like playing for him, and I am just not taking the Jets at anything. And I don't want to watch this game. Uh, I was in Las Vegas um, <laughs> for Jordan Helley's bachelor party week. We just went up and, like, you know, did oh. all, it was all innocent, trust me. But uh, one of the places we went to was uh, this cigar bar in World or Resorts World. Okay. Um, and it was really cool. We walk in there. Uh, we have Josie Ophelia is with us, and he starts talking story with this guy, and we realize it's Antonio Pierce. And <sighs> and, and it's like he just kind of hung out for a little bit and was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And now he's basically running the show. He's, he's the, the head, head coach. coach. He's the interim guy uh, with the Raiders. And it's just like, wow, that's kind of a cool little uh, uh, anecdote right there. I do think that they just look like they're having so much more fun, and they're enjoying their sums, the, themselves so much more. Uh, and yeah, the the Zach Wilson thing. Oh man, I feel bad for him. And then there's Aaron Rodgers just oh, totally like taking advantage gracious. of it, where he's just like, "I'm coming back in a few fortnights, guys. I'm coming back soon." Like just trying to be in the middle of the story. It's so narcissistic. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Raiders here. I think I think the Raiders firing Josh McDaniels was was something that has somehow lifted some weight uh, off of this team. So uh, yeah, that's six games. We're wow. agreeing on everyone. Either we're gonna go six and zero, or we're gonna absolutely look like idiots. Yeah, I was actually saying I wasn't didn't want to watch this game because of the football on the field. I really am just not watching it because I cannot handle Aaron Rodgers in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> like that guy needs to go away forever. That that what that wellness retreat or whatever he did, go do that yeah, for yeah, the rest that. of your life yeah. and leave me alone. Yeah. I, I, why does he have a headset? What was he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing on the headset? Look at me, I'm throwing fifty five yard passes. I'll <laughs> yeah. be back a couple weeks, whatever. Come on. But I'm not jogging yet. So yeah, all right. Sure. If Aaron Rodgers was faking an Achilles injury, <laughs> would you be surprised? <laughs> Like, if it really was just like a spring angle or something. It was actually toe turf. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And it's like, oh, I'm going to make a big deal about it. And then look at me, Superman coming back from a high ankle sprain. I wouldn't, put it be, I wouldn't put it past him. I'm just saying. Reckless speculation, but I wouldn't put it past him. You heard it here first. Aaron Rodgers is faking it. All right. Uh, all right. So we'll go, we'll go over it. We're, we're, we're uh, picking the same teams here yes. for each of these games. We are picking the same six teams. We've got the 49ers by three at the Jaguars, the Colts. Favored by one and a half at the Patriots. The Steelers at home, minus three against the Packers. Lions against the Chargers, favored by three. The Seahawks, six-point home favorite against the Commanders. That's a lot of points. And the Raiders beating the Jets. All right, we're uh, we're rolling the dice on this one. Hey, upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at kahala.com. Our best and worst with Billy Hall when we come back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall's in the house. He is the special guest co-host for the day. It is time for our best and worst. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with the worst. You want to start with the worst? Yeah. Okay, I'll start with the worst. My worst is um, 
So I'm a University of Washington guy, as I'm sure if you listen you to the show, say. you know. Right. While so, he's wearing his UW yeah, so, dogs football yeah. shirt here yeah. in the studio, folks. <laughs> so uh, they're in the they're in the college football ranks and stuff, and I'm tuning into the show just to kind of see. And I'm not really big into it anyway. But it's so funny. They have this whole show, this whole concept of how important the rankings are that we have to do a one-hour show. And then the answer to every question is like, well, don't worry about it. They're going to play it out in the future. Yes, they are going to play it out in the future. What is this whole thing about? What are we doing around here? What are we doing talking about if every Every single problem you have coming up with the rankings, your response on, on that show is, well, they're going to play it out anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, the whole show doesn't matter. Thank you very much. What a dumb concept. <laughs> the stupid show. So you would suggest just do the show at the end of the just season. Just do it at the end just of the season, Just do the one dude. at the end. Dude, yeah. We don't need these. Yeah, come on, dude. But it's it's it's, uh, it's to try to conjure up some discussion, Billy. Well, what what else this, are we going to talk about well, on Sports Talk Radio? discussion, but don't end every single segment with any. You know what? It doesn't matter anyway. Like, what is the point yeah. in getting me to watch? Yeah, no, I hear you. All all right, uh, my worst. There's so many things to pick from, <laughs> uh, but I'm going with Dylan Brooks of the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Remember that whole thing when he was with the Grizzlies last year, and he kind of like tried to call out LeBron and uh, played the real heel uh, for the Grizzlies, and all that did was kind of inspire LeBron and the Lakers. And uh, Memphis uh, parted ways with Dylan Brooks not long after that because of all the shenanigans. And then he gets like an 80 million dollar contract with the Rockets. Uh, well, he's talking more junk to LeBron. Uh, he actually was uh, quoted as uh, was asked about guarding LeBron when. Uh, they face off here, uh, and uh, and he says, I'm going to lock him up, and was kind of talking about how he's going to you know, be physical with him the entire length of the floor and all this stuff, and it's like, you didn't learn your lesson not to poke the bear last year? Come on, Dylan Brooks, what are you thinking, bro? He really is in the worst Hall of Fame on the show. <laughs> but really, you look at ESPN right now, we could just do a whole thing on worst. Every single headline right now seems to be the worst. Should we just do two more worst? A ref errors found during LSU title win. So thank you. The day after LSU loses its season opener, we get, oh, here's the report from the national championship game that was played six months ago that they did some errors. Way to wait all the way until now to kind of bring us with that. <laughs> yeah, what, what is the is point of that? that? Like, oh my gosh. Uh, By the way, did you see LSU get upset by Colorado yeah. uh, the other night? Yeah, I heard about it. I mean, are you Pacalani <laughs> Bellows' friend? You know you're going to hear about it. Uh, um, another right, so worse. Are we just doing worse here? Is this, <laughs> just, is sure. this the mood we're in? We're just like pessimists right now? Because I got another worst. Uh, this was according to Adam Schefter. The NFL sent a memo to all 32 teams today informing them that all college juniors who declare for the draft will now be eligible to play in the Shrine Bowl, Senior Bowl, or HBCU Legacy Bowl per sources. Last year, 69 juniors entered the draft but couldn't play in an all-star game. This year, they can. And that's all well and good, except those games have often been a showcase for those seniors that don't yes. have the profile. That's the whole point of it. These guys don't have another year of eligibility to mess with. If you're a junior and you're declaring for the draft, you're probably pretty good. Exactly. You don't necessarily have to no. showcase your talents. And so it takes away the opportunity for these lesser-known seniors to try to show their game and see if they can latch on and if they can get evaluated and scouted. And like, what are you guys That's doing? That's the whole point of it. It's the Senior Bowl. <laughs> You're going to have juniors in the Senior Bowl? I don't understand this. What is going on? It's <laughs> like, what? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I didn't understand uh, that one much at all. That was a report, again, that came from uh, Adam Schefter here this morning. Uh, that's kind of uh, where we're at now. We, we're, we're just doing worse. It really like, is. We, we didn't even do a best here. By the way, also, uh, the NBA has taken away. They, they were so cared about Bam Adebayo's rare triple-double last night that they decided to review it and take away a rebound so it's no longer a triple-double. <laughs> Who cares? Do you not have better things to do? Like, what? What are we doing? Uh, by the way, LeBron took the high road against Dylan Brooks. That's kind of a best. He's such a good guy. Oh, he's such a great guy. He's How about those nuggets, though, huh? Seven and one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Back that, to back? That's your squad. All right. Hey, Billy, thanks, bro. Yeah, man. See Have you tomorrow.